Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. Last week, during my vacation, I visited with my friend Christy in Phoenix, Arizona. It was a full and lovely few days. We went to the Desert Botanical Gardens early in the morning to try and avoid the heat. (laughs) We visited the uh, state capitol where, yeah, that's me at the uh, old Senate majority's desk in the Arizona state capitol where I learned that Arizona and California were some of the first Western states to allow women the vote before the 19th Amendment. We ate lunch at the Arrogant Butcher in downtown Phoenix. We, just, we liked the name. They were very kind, actually. We explored the Arizona Science Center. And we visited the Heard Museum in Phoenix, Arizona, a museum dedicated to the advancement of Native American art. And one of the exhibits at the Heard Museum is Away From Home, American Indian Boarding School Stories. It's an exhibit that detailed how the United States government tore Native American children from their families and mistreated those children severely. I left, I left that exhibit in tears, even just thinking about it now. And as I shared with Christy afterwards, it's just heartbreaking that human beings, including human beings who claim the name of Christ, could be so heartless toward other human beings. It is, to me, the exact opposite of the compassion that Jesus Christ taught and exemplified. Compassion to which Jesus calls us in the story known as the parable of the Good Samaritan. By this point in Luke's gospel narrative, Jesus has declared his mission to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, let the oppressed go free. He has healed Peter's mother-in-law and the servant of a Roman centurion. He's fed thousands on a hillside and calmed a storm at sea. He's taught, love your enemies and Do not judge. And a tree is known by its fruit. And he has trained and sent out disciples to teach and heal in his name. And in this public ministry, Jesus has drawn the attention of both large crowds who are following him and religious authorities who are threatened by him, who've begun to to challenge him, 
to question his authority to do and say what he's doing and saying to test him in an attempt to discredit him. And so here, one of the religious authorities, a lawyer, an expert in the Jewish law found in the Old Testament, someone who knows his Bible, asks Jesus a question in order to test him. What must I do to inherit eternal life? How would you answer that question? Jesus responds with questions of his own. There's a Jewish witticism in which a student asks a rabbi, why do rabbis always answer questions with another question? To which the Jewish rabbi responds, why shouldn't rabbis answer a question with another question? Jesus doesn't simply answer the lawyer's question. He engages the lawyer in conversation, draws him into dialogue. Jesus asks him, what does scripture say? And how he interprets what scripture says. And the lawyer, who knows scripture by heart, responds with the words of Moses from Deuteronomy, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the words of Moses from Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandments, the highest law, the most important thing. Love is the right answer, Jesus says. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer is not satisfied. Everyone knows you're supposed to love God and each other. As Moses states in our reading from Deuteronomy 30 for today, the commandments are not far away from you. They're not somewhere in outer space. They're not buried under the ocean floor. The word of God is very near to you. The word of God is right here, right now. Affirming the two greatest commandments isn't going to trip Jesus up as the lawyer had intended. And so he asks a more provocative follow-up question. And who is my neighbor? In other words, who do I have to love? Where is the boundary on compassion? Who are the people I need to care for and who are the people I don't? And in response, Jesus offers one of the best-known parables in Scripture and in our society today. Jesus says that there was a man traveling on the road down from Jerusalem to Jericho, an isolated 17-mile stretch of road through the desert. Picture yourself having walked here to St. John's this morning from the Palm Springs Airport. That road at that time was notorious for robbers who would ambush people as they traveled between these two wealthy cities. And this man is set upon by robbers who beat him up, take everything he has, and leave him for dead at the side of the road. And there he is, naked, bleeding, 
barely alive. We don't know a thing about this man except that he is suffering and in need of help. And then help arrives, but not in the form Jesus' listeners might have expected. First, a priest who led worship at the temple in Jerusalem, and then a Levite who assisted in worship at the temple in Jerusalem, are traveling on this road, and they see this man in their way. And they cross over to the other side and keep going. Now, perhaps believing the man was already dead, and so there was nothing they could do. Perhaps not wanting to be made ritually unclean or physically unwell by coming into contact with a person who was dead or diseased. Perhaps fearing, not without reason, that the robbers might still be around and not wanting to be victimized themselves. Whatever their reasons, they do not help. They pass by this man in desperate need. They are not moved with compassion. But someone was. After the priest and the Levite pass by on the other side, a Samaritan traveling on this path sees this man. Now, for Jesus' first Jewish listeners, a Samaritan would not be the hero of the story. Samaritans were descendants of Jewish people who had intermarried with Assyrians when Assyria conquered the northern kingdom of Israel centuries before. And while Samaritan people and Jewish people worshipped the same God, they worshipped in different places and in different ways. And there had been for centuries, up to and including the moment in which Jesus offers this parable, where there were armed conflicts between the Samaritan people and the Jewish people. The Samaritans were considered social inferiors, national enemies, and religious heretics. And the Samaritan does what the religious authorities do not. He sees this person in need, really sees this person, not as a nuisance or a threat or an enemy, but as a fellow human being with dignity and value and worth. Someone wondrously made and infinitely loved by God. Someone who is suffering. And the Samaritan is moved with compassion. Our English word compassion is from the Latin come with and passion, suffering. Compassion is suffering with. Compassion is personal awareness of someone else's pain and the desire to heal it. The Greek word for compassion, translated in the NRSV as pity, is esplanknithse. It's the same word that Luke uses for Jesus 
when Jesus sees the grieving widow and brings her son back to life. It's the same word Luke uses for the father in the parable who embraces his prodigal sons. Compassion is also related to a root word that refers to our inner being, our gut. In Greek thought, our gut was the seat of our emotion. As we say today, I have a gut feeling. Today, we talk about the heart as the center of emotion. The Samaritan's heart went out to this person in need. He feels something. He is moved by the suffering of another human being, and he acts to heal that suffering at real risk to himself of being injured or even killed, he goes to this person in need, tends his wounds with oil and wine, takes him to an inn, cares for him, and promises to come back to make sure he's okay. In sum, he loves. And so Jesus says, Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man in need? And the lawyer, having to admit the obvious, but note he still does not say the Samaritan, says the one who showed him mercy, compassion, love. And Jesus responds, go and do likewise. Where do you see yourself in this story? The priest, the Levite, the Samaritan? Or perhaps you see yourself as the person lying on the road, beaten up by life in this broken world, suffering in desperate need of someone to take the risk, the real risk, to help you. And someone did. Jesus Christ, the God of all creation in the flesh, offers this parable as he himself is on the road to Jerusalem, where he will be killed and buried and rise again to life on the third day for us and for our salvation. Jesus saw us in our desperate need, was moved with compassion for us, and acted to heal our suffering. He crossed over from heaven to earth, joined with us in our humanity. He took our sin and death on the cross and frees us from them. He gives us life now and forever in his glorious resurrection. He tends to our wounds with the oil and wine of his presence, his meal, his community. And he promises to come back one day and make everything okay. In sum, he loves
And he calls us to go and do likewise. Perhaps there is another character in this story who represents us here today. One who doesn't get as much attention, but who plays a vital role. The innkeeper. Who is given the resources and the responsibility to care for the man after he was saved. Who extends hospitality to a person in need who offers a safe space for a suffering person to heal. As Paul writes, as we heard in Colossians 1, Jesus Christ has rescued us, forgiven our sins, given us glorious life. And our response is to live a life worthy of the Lord to bear good fruit in every good work as we grow together in the knowledge of God, to express our faith in love. As Jesus teaches and shows us in the parable of the Good Samaritan, we are to love everyone and anyone God places in our path. There is no boundary on compassion. We are to care for all people, no matter who they are. We are to love God with our whole being and love our neighbors, all our neighbors, as ourselves. And this is how we live. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.